Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. I'm Kieran Donald. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is the owner of Batch Coffeehouse Bar and Kitchen in Fulcara, Kieran McGarvey. After graduating with a BA in Economics at DCU, Kieran worked in lifestyle sports in Dublin for two years before returning to Donegal to take up the role of food and beverage manager at Arnold's Hotel in Dunfanaghy. He opened Batch in March 2019 and the premises was renovated and extended in April 2021. Batch can seat up to 50 people and can accommodate the same number in the outdoor area at the back of the building. Kieran, you're very welcome to Business Manager. Yes, thank you. Kieran, when you left for third level back in 2010, was the ultimate aim to go back to your own hometown of Fakara and set up your own business? It wasn't actually. I think when when you leave at that age, what was it, 17, 18, probably you're dying to get away somewhere and dying to get into a city and you're probably thinking I'll go so I went to Dublin first of all and then you're maybe setting your sights on going New York or somewhere like that or, um, so I stayed in Dublin from 2018 for about 7 years I think and then had no intentions of coming back to Donegal at all when when I was asked to and then once I got back I don't think I would leave now again So, but uh, it's, I think it's easier to live in the country now it's easier to live in Donegal than it used to be everything's Everything's so handy to get, and like even deliveries, you get them next day. Where like it, it's not that long ago that it was 2018, but deliveries weren't next day, and things weren't as easy to get, and you couldn't get things from Dublin sent up to you in the matter of hours. Or so uh, it's it's easier to live here now, I think, as well. But um, yeah, Batch is a relatively new business, uh, having been opened in March 2019. So. Can you take a step back and tell us how it all came together and how you got opened three and a half years ago? Yeah, um, so I was was working in hospital. I was working when I was in Dublin. I was working in lifestyle sports actually in Grafton Street. Um, you enjoy that? Enjoyed that. Yeah. So I was kind of half half work and half pastime at the into the one. So um, I was in charge of team sports and running fitness there and on Grafton Street. So it was a great job. Like you got to you got to do what you're interested in every day as well as making a bit of money for yourself. So. Um, was asked then to come back to Donegal and go into the hospitality industry where I had worked in, in that place for summer jobs maybe beforehand uh, went back there there was kind of a new team being formed and uh, there was kind of plans to regenerate the place and give kind of a new feel to it so um did that for two years and then wanted to I don't know if I was putting money into my own pocket or taking money out of my own pocket but uh, yet to be seen but um so yeah that was 2018 then started kind of looking around um i wasn't Dunfanaghy, so like anyone that's familiar with Donegal, i know how busy that is in peak season especially july august um like easter time and halloween times um so there was i was kind of torn then between Fulcara here where i'm from and out there which i've seen how busy it could be but i also seen how quiet it could be in the, in the winter time um because it's not as much of a working town as Fulcara is. Fulcara here, you have a couple of schools, solicitors' offices, surgeries, chemists, like and a few different bits and pieces. So there's a lot to be said for that. That it, that's people that are working here every day, 
um, and people that are kind of coming into the town every day. So, so it is more of a trading town, isn't it? It is more of a trading town, I think. Um, the trade probably had had dropped off from, like I remember my mother and father telling me in the, like the nineties or like it was a far busier place than it than it was maybe a couple of years ago. I think it's kind of slowly getting back to that. But yeah, I was going to ask you, how is business in Fulcara these days? I've seen I've seen a big change since twenty eighteen, like since I first or since I first moved back yeah, um, like there's a lot of businesses open up there's a lot of kind of new new blood coming in and I think everyone helps each other as well if you see one thing opening up your, it kind of makes you a little bit less nervous about opening up yourself but um, yeah there's a couple of new businesses a couple of businesses that have changed hands and kind of new blood has come into them so that all works together like it's it's not a it's not a case of when you see something opening up you're afraid that you're going to lose out because um, I think like you might come in here for a coffee, you'll go next door and buy a brush, you'll go down the road and buy diesel, you'll buy a pint of milk. So it all works together, especially in a small a small community like this. So um, so when was the idea for Batch hatched? It was, I don't know when it was hatched, I can't probably pinpoint it now, but um, I had been, so I did economics in college, so I was always kind of interested in like that side of how a business ran or like how you could make money or how how much you would spend and how much you would get back and like margins and all that so I I was kind of doing that kind of work on a business that had no name or no location or no concept probably before the actual Had you a vision Kieran, at the same time of what you what it might end up as? I had a vision at the start and then once you start it just changes so quickly Um, so I had I was looking at a couple of places here in Fulcara there was one around the corner um, the, here on the main street, I think I've got probably one of the best locations on the main street because it catches all the traffic. As you've seen on the way in, there's two big windows downstairs that kind of catches people's eyes straight away. Um, so this place was a, a woman's clothes shop beforehand. Um, for and was it in existence for long, Kieran? It was. It was probably here for forty or fifty years. And, and do you remember seeing it as a young fellow? Yeah, I remember seeing street? it. I remember being in and. Um, so that lady had just she had retired maybe a year or so beforehand and uh, the there was a sign up in the window actually to let um, so that's kind of where I first started and then I don't know if it was herself or me that decided then that it was for sale maybe it was her <laughs> when Dizina was keen but uh, yeah that was in June 2018-ish July, June, July 2018 and originally I had wanted to have the whole thing up and running by August um, Did you purchase the building then? Not until January okay. of 2019. Okay. Um, so I was kind of naive and thinking it would all be done in a month. And I would catch the end of the summer trade, but uh, it didn't work out that way. But uh, So it was all signed and sealed then, maybe January 2019, on the 21st of January 2019. And then the 21st of March, we were open then, so two months exactly. Um, so we spent kind of seven days a week probably 20 hours a day for a lot of them um, to get the place kind of turned around and uh, my father's a contractor so and my brother so uh, that that, was that, big helped, help. that helped and kept the cost down yeah um, and originally Kieran it was daytime was the, was the trade you were kind of going after wasn't it, it was daytime and it was probably on a, a lot smaller scale than what it became probably only after a couple of weeks um, so we opened just after St. Patrick's Day so it was March time so I wouldn't say it was peak season but and what was the the size of your team at that stage? Size of the team at that stage. So we did. We advertised for interviews in probably de- I think it was December. It was Christmas Day actually. And um, was the first post we did on social media and kind of launched the 
the brand or like what I thought was the brand it was probably um, nowhere near what it is now but we launched that and uh, kind of did a come in soon and kind of started to get everyone's juices flowing probably for, for like a new a new thing coming to Fulcara talk Christmas day everyone's sitting at home everyone have, will have their phones out everyone will see it get a bit of chatter going and whatever so then um, it was probably January then of 2019 that we advertised for interviews um, so I had been working in Dunfanaghy and had been used to like advertising for posts and you might get one or two one or two CVs in and you'd be kind of looking thinking I need to ask someone else so we did that and we got 120 odd CVs um, which was mad for many positions for probably about 11 10 or 11 positions at the time or from what I, what I was thinking of at the time but were you surprised at the reaction yeah very surprised at the reaction because I wasn't wasn't used to that even when I was working in Dublin you wouldn't get that many like CVs in for a post um, but that like, the movement kind of started then and mm. like everyone that came in was excited even though they didn't get a, a job like they were emailing saying can't wait to come in or like best luck with it or I'm looking forward to coming in as a customer even though I'll not be working there and um, so there was that kind of like good feeling just kind of building all the time um, which was nice I think that's what you get in a community like this that you wouldn't get maybe somewhere else like a bigger town and, and was the local support crucial in the early days Kieran? crucial yeah definitely crucial um, so if you don't get that I think from day one you're kind of you're on the back foot straight away like so um, yeah from from day one especially when you're seven days a week um, like you need th- those people in every day of the week kind of so what was a typical week uh, in the early stages of your business Kieran? Early stages. Um, so I was here seven days a week. I said I said I would do that for a year, and then four years later, I'm still doing the same thing. But uh, so we started and we did six days. Um, we stopped on a Monday at the start just to kind of regroup and get everything back to normal again. But we, we kind of found after I think it was six weeks that we'd be as well just keep going because um, we were kind of throwing everything out on a Sunday to prep again on Monday to come in on Tuesday so we just kind of kept it going seven days a week um, just doing daytimes um, very small menu compared to what we're doing now the kitchen was a lot smaller um, it felt as busy as it feels now but the sales were probably only 35-40% of what they are now um, but just when you're when you're getting into it I was saying to our head chefs here four years now um and she kind of she runs the place as much as I do, but we were saying the last day that we were kind of playing shop when we opened up first. You don't, you didn't know what you were doing, but you were just kind of you think you know everything, but you probably like you probably know nothing at the same time. But uh, it's come a long way since those early kind of days. Um, menus have come a long way. So you had your first year literally under your belt uh, in mid March, and COVID struck in twenty twenty. Not even so. Um, the 12th of March is the day we closed for COVID. First year anniversary was the 19th of March, I think it was 21st, which suited me because I don't like fuss or parties or anniversaries or nothing like that. So I got out of having a one-year party. Um, but yeah, 12th of March, we came in actually. We were open on the Saturday evening the night beforehand and people were, there was kind of chatter going about COVID and nobody kind of knew what was happening and there was a lot of places wondering, oh, should we open or should we close or what's going to happen? And I think at that time people were thinking close for a couple of weeks and everything would be back to normal. So we came in on the Sunday morning, which was the 12th, and came in at 7 or whatever, and 
the one of the girls downstairs had just put the key in the shutter to put it up and when she put the key into the shutter I said no nah, do you know what don't put the shutter up I'm not not comfortable with it going up and don't know how this is going to play out we're going to close today see how things play out um, yeah and we were closed in for for a couple of months I think until June or July or whatever whenever we opened but what were those first few months like Kieran? first few months for from going like working seven days a week to kind of not knowing what to do still wanting to keep the business going and trying to keep making money so we do sausage rolls here which are quite popular we make some days we make about 200 sausage rolls a day which is crazy (laughs) Um, so we kind of kept them going and kept scones going we did like through social media we did we sold them so you would get in touch on Facebook or get in touch on Instagram and say 10 sausage rolls over to Chrysler or 10 sausage rolls in Fanny or Anagri or so that I'd done that for probably two weeks on a Friday I think um, but I was ending up I was in here at 5 in the morning and I wasn't getting home to 9 at night so it was kind of a busy fool probably but it, it gave you something to hang on to but it was apparent that it like I was just going to ask you how important was it for you to keep the operation going at that stage? I was kind of fighting against probably too strong a tide um, at the time. Um, thinking back on it now, I was try- we had like, we're selling off like the wine that we had in stock. We were selling off the fruit and veg, like at like way discounted prices, just to kind of get rid of everything that we had here, and probably just to keep myself busy more than anything else. But um, it shut down completely then after a couple of weeks. We did. Um, there was a movement going at the time, and I can't think of the name of it now. But um, it was a national movement where you would feed the nurses in the hospital. Um, so we did that for uh, two or three weekends as well. So that kind of kept us going, but it was it was more just not entertaining ourselves, but just kind of trying to keep ourselves busy um, for people that weren't used to be sitting in the house all the time. Um, but then... Sorry, Kieran, you mentioned the online uh, part of your business. On reflection... That was a, a, a massive success and a very necessary uh, add-on to your operation. Yeah, so during the first that first period of two or three months when we were shut down, as I was coming towards the end of it, I was thinking, I'm not going to be in this position again where I'm sitting twiddling my thumbs, basically. Um, so I started kind of exploring avenues of how the business could keep going if this happened again, because it was looking quite likely that there was going to be prolonged periods of lockdowns or periods where you weren't maybe able to have customers physically in the building. Um, so the only answer to that really was online. Um, it can be run, can be run from anywhere. It can be run with like one or two people is what we did. Um, and then you have nas- national and like international reach. We've we've shipped to Europe. UK quite a lot, a couple to like the US, but um, so that was the plan then to get that ready for when this next period would come. Um, so I was quite lucky in that um, a friend of mine who works for a company in Letterkenny, um, she was out of work as well. Um, she she runs a ticketing company along with her father, so um, I kind of poached her for an initial period of eight weeks. Um, to help me get the online up and running, get the website up and running, um, and kind of use her skills and her expertise, and together we kind of came up with the website. Um, she was here for eight weeks; she stayed for eighteen months, and so I was able to hang on to her for for that time, which which was great. Um, so on, I think it was 
start of October, end of September of that first year, which is 2020, I think. Um, we did our evenings on the Thursday and by the Friday morning. So we stayed like through the night on the Thursday then to get the, the place ready for Friday morning, which was just retail. So we had been planning like stocking up. We're sitting here now, you can see all like the retail things off to your right hand side there. Um, that was a lot smaller in the start, but we just started like putting, like I had never run a shop before, but we just started putting together things that we thought people might like. Um, cheeses, wines, that kind of stuff. Um, trying to keep it on brand with what we were doing um, as a restaurant, but like extend it into that. Um, and did the online presence uh, increase uh, the awareness of your brand? Kieran? Definitely, yeah, 100%. Um, so we launched the website on the 10th of October 2020. And kind of straight away, it just it just took off. I think like we were quite probably like anyone who started a website during COVID. You're quite lucky in that you had so much more awareness than if you launched a website now. There's so many more things going on. People are working every day of the week. You in that period, you had people sitting at home on their phones. So it was all about timing. All about timing, yeah. Um, sitting on their phones, wanting something to buy, wanting something to look at. Um, a lot of people getting like government supports and probably had that like a little extra bit of spending money as well um, even though people had lost their jobs but you weren't spending as much elsewhere you weren't buying as much diesel you weren't buying going out for dinner so you had that little extra bit of um, so timing was everything and th- that's the way that we tried to approach COVID as well like that you weren't it wasn't that it was something that was going to cut your legs off it was going to give you a little bit more freedom to expand and to do like different things that you wouldn't have got the opportunity to do otherwise so that's the way we kind of approached it from the start and that was the mindset we got into and that's the mindset we tried to carry on through it then and in february 2021 kieran you won website of the year so your decision to recruit someone who knows their their way around the, the social media platforms and websites was a good move good move yeah so from october kind of true to the christmas period we were extremely busy it kind of i don't know how it started where it started but companies started buying hampers for all their employees so people that were working at home their boss would send a hamper out to them bottle of wine they would have kind of these zoom parties or zoom quizzes or these kind of things and they wanted to give the employees something to kind of have during that time that they would all be in the one one zoom having you know the same glass of wine or whatever so we kind of really leaned into that um contacted as many kind of use whatever contacts we had ourselves and then kind of built on that then with just like almost cold calling people um, doing up hampers and sending out flyers and all that kind of stuff so that really built and then I think once you get the ball rolling on that it kind of moves organically um, and then for that Christmas period then we had we had ourselves all set up here with hampers so we sold them to like the, the locals and the public then as well so and we were some companies we were getting orders for 300 400 hampers um so that really really kept us going throughout if we hadn't done that i'm not sure we would be sitting here today um it kind of kept us going throughout all that winter period so and were they local businesses effectively that were helping you kieran no those businesses those donegal businesses but there was dublin businesses there was kerry there was cork there was london um there was manchester we worked with the premier league clubs in england um so like it was great exposure that we wouldn't have got otherwise like our, our logo was sitting in 20 Premier League clubs around England so like, and if you got repeat business from that since? yeah 
So that's, cru- that's crucial, Kieran. That's Beckham, crucial, yeah. Um, and it kind of gives you a bit of a boost as well that you are getting repeat business because they're liking what you're doing in the first place. And then, you know, you can build on it. You, you're building up these relationships. And, and uh, yeah, Christmas comes around every year, so you're wanting to get hampers. Easter comes around to buy Easter eggs for the staff and buy Easter eggs for clients and whatever. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was vital to keep us going through, throughout that period, so... Just listen to you uh, out there and the various things that are going on here, Kieran. You've got the restaurant, you've got retail, and you've got online. And obviously, one complements the other. One complements the other. So, at the minute, the online sales have slowed way down. So, after after COVID, you know, when people get back into their daily lives and whatever, they're not doing as much spending online. It's still holding its own. Um, and where, where the online sales have fallen down, we're maybe picking up in the retail store downstairs. Um, so, it's still... it's balancing itself out and it's still growing um, but yeah when the restaurant down here the building before lockdown we just had kind of the one space with all the dining table tables in excuse me um, towards April of last year was it I can get mixed up with all the years in COVID now but towards April of last year we decided that we wanted to keep that retail space when it was going so strong because it's nearly more difficult to take something back after it's been there than putting it there in the first place so um, when it was there we wanted to hold on to that. Um, lucky here that we had space out the back, and lucky that I was able to call on the contractor I know quite well again um, to do a bit of work. So we ex- probably doubled the size of the building, doubled the size of the kitchen um, in April last year in preparation for opening up last June. Um, so we have kind of all three running simultaneously now. Um, but like you see, like a lot of the time, you, someone come in, have a bit of lunch move through the, the shop then on their way out and we kind of planned it that way um, so that you would have to have to walk through the shop and like something would catch your eye you might buy a bottle of wine you might buy you know whatever Can you give us an outline of some of the uh, products you have on sale there Kieran? Yes we do a lot a lot of wine um, and then it's just that's probably the it's a big ticket item um, it's the one that that moves most and it's, it's an, quite an easy sell as well And there we'll take a break Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. You're welcome back. Before the break... Kieran was outlining some of the items on offer in the retail section of Batch. We have other products that you can you know, enjoy with wine, so there's a lot of crackers, a lot of cheeses, kind of crisps, and we try to take in stuff that you wouldn't find in a supermarket or wouldn't find like in many stores around Donegal. Like that's kind of the... That's where we're kind of trying to tap into the, like that draws people in. Um, so the, a lot of cheeses, a lot of wine... Um, a lot of like pasta products and dinner products and then from those then we create like a range of hampers so we had like an Italian hamper we had like a vegan hamper which is really popular at the minute as people are like concentrating more on probably healthy eating and like different eating and dairy free alternatives so um, and like that all runs in products that we would have on the shelves here we would use in the kitchen the wines that we have on the shelf we would have on our wine list the craft beers that are in the fridge you can buy them when you come in for your dinner or you come in for your lunch um, so it all kind of works together um, 
and when you're sitting down for your lunch you might have a glass of white wine and like you don't think about it but that's that's me advertising the wine that i have on the shelf that you're going to walk past on the way out so um yeah it's, it's it all works it's one big circle all working together kieran we're upstairs uh in the building of batch uh we referred to it as the nerve center and it is very much the nerve center given everything that's going on around us it was previously a bar that you had here yeah, so the first um, first summer that we opened up, we started doing the evenings, um, and kind of had not not a problem, but um, we probably weren't used to it ourselves as well. With people coming in and maybe staying at their table longer than than uh, the bookings would allow, so we had the space upstairs. It's quite an, a nice space. There's nice big windows here in the front of it, looking out. You get kind of a nice view. You're like overlooking the town almost. Um, so created a bar area, created a bit of a lounge that you could come up here before your dinner, have a glass of wine, look at the menu, put in your order and then go on downstairs and, and have your meal whenever it was ready. Come back up then here after maybe, relax again. Um, there's quite a few pubs in Volcara, but there wasn't a space where you had that kind of atmosphere or it wasn't a pub atmosphere. You could just sit back and relax. A lot of people don't like going to pubs, probably, and um, so that worked really well until until COVID started. But then, when we started the online the retail, we needed more space to put stock. We need we have five desks up here now, I think, as well. And like just as the business grew, we needed more space for that kind of admin area, stock area, warehouse area. So um, it converted into that. And how many staff have you uh, on the books at the moment? Have twenty six at the minute. Between that's a mix of full time and part time, and then in the summertime, then you get like a couple of more seasonal. Um, so yeah, it's quite a big team to look after. Um, but we kind of. How, how do you feel having coming back to your own hometown and employing twenty six people, Kieran? Yeah, it's nice to do. It's nice to be able to offer them people jobs where they're close to. Like when I was here, you kind of had to travel a bit to get a job or. I can't remember now if it was hard to get a job or not, um, but like to have that and to offer twenty six positions is is nice. Yeah, to be able to do that, it's all people that you know that you're working with as well, which is nice. And um, it's, it kind of becomes like a a center point within the community, um, so, and it's nice that there's a lot of people around here as well speak Irish. So it's nice that people can come in here, talk Irish, and to the ones that are downstairs, and everyone kind of knows each other. So it's that nice atmosphere. When we started, we always wanted to it to be casual, so I wanted someone to be able to come in here, whether you were wearing a suit, if you were working down the solicitor's office, where you, whether you were coming in from the gym, whether you were dropping the kids off at school, like a place that all that would be welcomed and acceptable, or you didn't feel like you couldn't go in if you were you know, wearing a certain kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's all just about building that kind of community atmosphere and like building the team downstairs and building all that spirit in so we're four years uh, on from uh, when you started to really get into the, the nitty gritty or setting up your business at that stage had you uh, a five year plan had you a two year plan or was it we'll just go and see how, how things go here so I always approach things from the like the money end of things which is <laughs> what you want to do up here most days but uh, the only plan I kind of had was I had set out a one-year plan, a two-year plan, a three-year plan, a financial plan, um, and kind of targets to hit that way. Um, and then after the first year, I had, towards the end of the first year, I had set out a five-year plan. Um, probably just at that time thinking that I would just have a restaurant. Um, it all changed after COVID. 
but the financial targets were hit and then exceeded. Um, so it, it really drove on the business. Um, so after two and a half years, we had hit the target that I had put in place for five years. Um, and now we've gone over that again. So we're just we're three and a half years into it and we're I'm probably a lot further down the road than I thought it would be. You're heading to Dublin uh, next week and you're going to be speaking at the Food and Expo 2022 event. Um, can you talk to me a wee bit about that? Yeah, um, so I tried to attend as many of these things as I can. So there's all these great events on all over the place. I went to one in Burnham last year as well, which is great. And uh have been to the Irish one a couple of years. Um, so just registered for the event and was just going to attend it as a, an attendee or a participant. Um, so then got asked to do a... A talk at it um, so I said yeah no bother um, and then tried to come up with like what I could talk about um, so the title of the speech is Grabbing Adversity by the Horns which is basically our COVID journey or our, our business journey probably from the start so we were hit with COVID then we were hit with the war in Russia which is like impacted with inflation and like rising prices of like a lot of our raw materials which are flour and energy and that kind of stuff so um just about navigating your way through that and what you can as i said earlier we try to learn from them things as opposed to being like knocked down by them so just about yeah chatting about that and how we've used that that period to grow rather than kind of put things on hold for a while and rebuild after it's all over so yeah. your business has been a huge success story yeah I, when people say that to me I kind of I'm not one for the limelight or the spotlight or any of that kind of thing so I kind of I'm always looking for like how it could be more successful um, I hate sitting back and I would never sit back and think oh, I've done well or whatever kind of thinking what can I do now to, to take it to the next level do you ever take time to sit back and reflect on how far you've come I don't actually um, I'm the type of person that just likes to be busy all of the time um, so I think I said earlier on I would I said I would be here every day for the first year to know everything about the business and kind of know how much of a pint of a price of milk was and how to know who was coming in and I wanted to have an overview of absolutely everything. Um, COVID gave you huge learnings, though. Huge learnings, yeah. Um, it actually gave me a really good opportunity to sit back and look back on the first year um, and what what mistakes were made and what what things worked well. And then, like we're still learning from COVID, I'm still learning from COVID. Um, throughout COVID, we had these government supports, which were a huge help, like to businesses all around the country, and I'm sure everyone and the business community would agree with that but the supports almost gave you a false sense of how well you were doing and we're feeling the effects now this year of that um, so you're getting these supports weekly whether it be the wage subsidy scheme or um, you're getting grants for different bits and pieces but you, you're always almost given a false sense of how well you were doing um, so t- to sit back and really go through them numbers and like delve down into them and see what you were actually taking in in sales and what you were given in grant support and different supports was a really useful exercise um, because we kind of just carried on and didn't look back and you know put it all into the sales category and thought we're doing really really well here but um, when those supports then are taken away you still have to 
you know, that's what they were for, like for to give businesses that leg up during that period, and then hopefully then they would be able to push on themselves after it was after they ended. But um, yeah, so that's even a learning curve. And now we're what we're probably a year out of COVID, nearly or a year out of all the big restrictions being lifted. Um, but like still learning lessons and, and still kind of feeling the after effects of it. Talking about lessons, what's the best lesson that you've learned so far in business, Kieran? Best lesson I've learned so far. We focus so much on like a team in here, and like I, even though I'm here every day of the week, I wouldn't be able to do any of this without everyone down. Like the dishwasher is as important as I am, as as important as the lady who comes in in the evenings to clean, or like each and every person is as important as the other. Some people do four hours, some people do fifty, sixty hours, <laughs> um, but like the four-hour person is as important as the other one because um, we can't. We can't all do each other's jobs, and like we're, we really try to focus on that like team mentality, and like, I lean a lot on like sports teams and try to learn lessons from that to like give to a team here because I think like does, does fundamentals work? are all the same. Does that approach work, Kieran? Approach works. Yeah. Um, so I listen to a lot of apart from this podcast, I listen to a lot of other podcasts where like sports managers would come in and they would t- really get into like how they would motivate teams or how they would how they've won Premier Leagues or how they've won World Cups or whatever and you like you would be surprised that the fundamentals all apply to the same like it's all we have a lot of staff in here that when they started they were maybe 14, 15 and now they're you know four years later so you do kind of adopt a coaching role yeah. um, so what's the key to keeping uh, a team happy and content? I think like being honest with them and being on the same level with everyone um, like I've been in jobs before where you would you would have such a disconnect from like not only your boss but from an admin side of a business to like who was actually standing downstairs and welcome people coming in the door so we focus a lot on that we had a, a team building exercise a couple of weeks ago where I wanted to catch up with everyone give everyone a more rounded view of the business so I wanted the person who was making your coffee downstairs to know why they were doing that, to know why I was sitting up here going through reports or to know why um, the lady in the office was sending out surveys to customers. I wanted them to know how it all worked together and how everything was as important. So what we did was, or one of the things we did in that evening was I got everyone to give me a profile of a customer that they would see all the time. Then we collated all that information and that then gave us who our target market was and I wanted to explain to them what a target market was because um, like I know when I was at school anyway I, I probably didn't have a clue and what the target market was Has that been defined now? It has been defined um, Do you want to share? Do you want to share it? <laughs> I'll tell you who has the most money <laughs> um, We did it online and we did it um, for who walks in the door Females between 40 and 50 were, were like biggest biggest customer probably um, was, there, was there anything in the findings that surprised you? surprised me yeah so surprised me that the the 20 to 30 year olds which I thought was probably like one of the largest markets um, weren't um, so I don't know what they're all doing with their money but uh, they're waiting until they turn 40 yeah turn 40 saving it all up yeah um, but then like that information then so we spend money on Facebook and spend money on Instagram and spend money on lots of different things um, 
So we we looked at a before we done this, we looked at a really um, useful talk that Leo did on what age groups use what social media platforms. Um, so before that, we were just kind of throwing money at not throwing money at all of them, but we we're throwing money at Facebook. And you might be. I'll do it the other way around. Sorry, so we're putting money to Instagram, where th- the users for Instagram are probably fifteen to thirty. Um, not to say that anyone over thirty doesn't use it, but the the the, the, the largest cohort of people are th- in that age group. Whereas Facebook then catches maybe the older cohort or like plus th- thirty plus. So we were spending money on Instagram for maybe hampers or wine, whereas people in that age group twenty to thirty mightn't be have that extra bit of spending money to spend on wine or hampers. So then we we've totally switched it since then. Um, we're putting money for certain things towards Facebook, putting money towards certain other things um, on social media. So Saturday brunches are a big thing for like those who are coming back from college. So we really push that on Instagram as opposed to Facebook. And so just going back to your survey, Kieran, having got the findings is one thing and then reacted and sort of maybe recalibrated was another thing and that's what you've done? That's what we've done, yeah. And like I always say my biggest asset is information. Um, so I'm always looking for to pull information out of whatever like whether that be I sit there like in the day and I go through the till and see what's selling, what's not selling. Like I do that every day of the week and like going into reports and Do like, you find it hard to switch off, Kieran? I do find it hard to switch off, but it, it's not something like I'm not, I don't feel laboured by it, um, and I think if you were laboured by it, you, you're probably in the wrong in the wrong game. Um, like I enjoy it ninety five percent of the time. I would say there's always days where you're cursing this and cursing the other thing. Five percent, five percent is pretty good. Not bad, maybe. Yeah. I'll say a um, lot of business owners will be happy with five percent of a bad day. The uh, I, I remember, I can remember this distinctly. The first day I opened, I was standing at the till downstairs, and it was really busy. And I said to myself. Why on earth did I think I would be able to do this? But honest to God, that's the only time that I've, I've felt that way or I've said to myself, I shouldn't have done this. Um, that lasted for about five minutes and then I was probably too busy and I forgot about it. Um, but now I, you do get great enjoyment out of it when... I, I, yeah, I like to be busy just. And like to, I think when you're... When you want something to be successful, you just have to go 100% at it. Um, there's no point in treating it as a hobby or treating it as anything else. So, Kieran, is there a person in business that you admire most? There is, yeah. So I mentioned I listen to quite a few podcasts. So when I would see business people or people like that I would be drawn to, I would kind of be drawn towards them more than anything else. Um, um, I don't know if I mentioned that I'm interested in sport as well and that takes up like probably 20 or 30 percent of my time i'm a big united fan so um, one person i really like listening to and like watching is gary neville um so he played for united obviously had a, a great career with them what was the attraction about the former fullback uh he something that i didn't know about him until very recently but he has so he has a couple of hotels and a couple of restaurants in manchester has opened like a university for in salford for like disadvantaged youths or like people that like the education system is quite different in England and that I think you can leave after your junior sort of the equivalent and um, so I think it's aimed at those kind of people um, so yeah someone that I would aim to aim to have as much money as that's unlikely but uh, yeah like we're kind of doing the same things here like 
I like to work with the school down the road. I like to work with the the ATU out the road and kind of like coach and like when I was at school I didn't get it's probably just like the times that were at the time but I didn't get a an insight into the working world um, because like I think it's one thing like studying and even going to college and studying but like to get an insight into like what actually happens when you leave college or when you leave school is that an area that the education system need to look at maybe and maybe improve possibly yeah Um, like I'm doing it now with uh, PCC down here in Fulcara but I would love to do that like throughout Donegal um, next week we're doing like a photo shoot up here for Instagram and online and different bits and pieces so we're taking an art student um, to hitting the photography side and then a business student to hitting like the marketing the advertising and just to give them like an insight into why they're sitting down there learning about advertising when you're down in school like it's just so, the way it is you're reading off a book and then you're writing an essay but like to get practical are we glimpse into the real world glimpse into the real world yeah and I think uh, it was last week down there they held a careers evening where they had I think like 50 plus past students um, like telling their story about how what they done when they were sitting in the classroom has now led them to what they're doing in their everyday lives and that's a brilliant step forward like to give the students that insight and kind of motivate them to say right well this is why I'm doing this this is why I'm learning algebra or this is why I'm learning macro and microeconomics or this is why um, so yeah I think things are moving in that direction and like yeah it's like it's exciting to be a part of that and to kind of give back to all those like the school that put up with me for five or six years or whatever they've done Kieran, if you had followed your childhood dream job what do you think you'd be doing with yourself now? When I was at school and I think it's like from chatting to like the team downstairs they're probably in similar situations when I was in school I wanted to be an architect um, was put off that then because it was um, the time of the the downturn and the Celtic Tiger collapse and all that and jobs in that industry probably not were hard to come by but probably weren't as lucrative as they were in, like during the years of the Celtic Tiger um, so wanted to do architecture applied for that um, through the CAO at the time got accepted to Bolton Street in Dublin and then didn't carry on with it um, because there was that kind of those negative connotations associated with it um, probably just not having like the foresight to see these things are cyclical and like that's like every job probably has these pitfalls or downfalls associated with it um, so didn't do that anyway um, went and did economics as kind of a something that would give me a broad degree um, and a broad understanding of maybe how the world worked but yeah architecture was probably like spurred on as well when I was probably from about five years old I was out and helping my dad at weekends I'm going to say helping at five I was probably sitting in the gravel and the sand making sandcastles but uh, like always was around like the buildings and like how buildings were put up and what was used in particular parts of a building like looking at plans and so that was probably where the, the interest spurred on from but so, so somewhere I'm, something I'm still interested in to this day but probably more as a hobby or yeah it's not, not a career anyway and finally, Kieran, what does the future hold for yourself and your business? Future hold for myself and the business. That's something I get asked all the time. When's the second one going to be? Or where's the second one going to be? Or um, At the minute, we're just focusing on what we have here now. We have the three elements that I had mentioned. So the online, the retail, and the restaurant. Um, we were kind of forced into 
having all those three elements going at the same time whereas that, ideally that might have been spread over like a 10 year period um, so the growth was accelerated by COVID and we're still kind of getting to grips with that growth and just like putting focus into each of the areas um, so that's the plan for the next couple of years anyway um, whether we'll have a batch two, three, four, five yet to be seen but you're not ruling it not ruling it out no, no. Keir McGarvey owner of Batch Coffee House Bar and Kitchen on Fulcaris Main Street thanks for taking the time today to talk to us on Business Matters cheers Kieran thank you well that's it for this edition of Business Matters thanks to my guest Kieran McGarvey thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound and thanks to you for listening if you'd like to get in touch with the programme drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie.